0: Welcome to The Life Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. Oh, well, I hope you're good. I hope you've all got smiles on your faces because we're in the presence of God. So um, there's certainly a reason to have a smile on our face. And welcome. If you are here for the first time, big welcome from myself as well. We're going to jump straight into the Word of God, because I love the Word of God, and we're going to found everything that we say and do comes out of the Word of God. So uh, thank you to the team. Sorry, I didn't release you guys. But if you've got your Bible with you, you can turn it to Matthew chapter 22, and otherwise the scriptures will go up behind me on screen. It's a very well-known piece of scripture where the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious people of the day, were testing Jesus, and they were trying to catch him out with uh, getting him to say the wrong thing. And a lawyer came to him and said to him, what is the greatest commandment of all time? And Jesus' reply, which is up behind me on screen, he said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. The first and the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Do I have anyone here who has ever been in love before? <laughs> Good. Good. <laughs> Hopefully, you might still be in love, (laughs) you might be in love, so tell me about what that emotion, think about it, what's that emotion like when you love someone and you fall in love, but you want to be with them, right, you just want to be with them and hang out with them, you want to know everything about them, you want them to know everything about you, you just want to share with each other of everything that's going on in your life and um, you just want to know the nitty-gritty, right. Campbell, my husband and I we met when we were in our early 20s and um uh, yeah you know going back to the days it's a little few, few stories <laughs> But you know, when we were when we first met, he was living in Tauranga, I was living in Auckland, but every single weekend we would be together because we were in love and we still are, we, uh, but we'd be like we'd drive to two and a half hours every weekend and didn't think anything of it. If you told me now that I had to drive every other weekend two and a half hours, I'd be like, oh yeah, <laughs> or we'd sit up to 4am in the morning. Hello, have I got any friends who do that kind of thing? Sit up to 4am in the morning because we're just talking on the phone and chatting and wanting to, to hear about each other's days and what we're doing. And I think if Campbell said to me now, he goes, oh, you know, if he says, shall we sit up and chat three to 4 a.m., I'd probably be like, oh, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> Um, but we, still, I mean, we love, love matures and changes, but we, we, we still love to chat. Just the other morning, we were sitting up, we were chatting, and we were chatting about something, and I said to him, I was like, well, how do you feel about that? You know, like, tell me the emotions that that brings in this particular scenario, and like, I still want to know everything. Of course, his response was very male response, of like, well, I've, oh, you know, I've already told you how I feel. <laughs> you know, do I have any wives or the males, you know, it's just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> But it's that the whole thing is that I just want to know. We want to know everything about each other. And that's, that's the whole principle of we're going to love God um, the practice of loving God, I think first and foremost, the foundation of it is that we want to be with God, right? We want to be with Him. Um, so if you want a title for the message this morning, it's, a, it's called Being With God, and we're going to look at what all of that means. And my hope today is that every single one of us will walk away today with a fresh hunger and a fresh passion to be with God and to be in His presence and um, expressing our love for Him uh, in that way. So let's start by praying. It's always a good thing to start with prayer, and then we'll get into it. Father, I thank you for the great privilege of being able to bring your word this morning, Lord God, and we thank you for the privilege of being here in your presence, in your sanctuary, as Josh said, and I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd come and that you would hover upon us and you'd be very uh, very present in our hearts, in our minds, and in our souls. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Well, I am convinced that this current pace of life that we all exist in, in this Western world that we are fortunate to live in, uh, this instant environment that we live in, I am a believer it's been designed to really, um, I guess, so that the practice of us slowing down and and stopping and being with God is not really a priority for a lot of us these days or, or almost nearly impossible for a lot of people. When you think about it, if you look at the average person works nine till five, right? Or eight till six or whatever hours you work, five days a week, six days a week, some even more. We had, uh, we were renovating our home at the moment and we had this beautiful man doing some painting for us and Cam got talking to him because he was there on the weekend and he said, oh, do you work weekends sometimes? And he said, I work seven days a week and I've been working seven days a week for 20 years. We're just like, whoa, he said, I have six children and my the family's expanding and I have to provide for them. I was just like, far out. Like it's this, it's quite insane, right? Some of our society and the pressures that we live with. So you've got work and then you've got, um, or study, uh, then we have, on top of that, you've got Uh, church on Sundays, right? We've got sports on Saturdays, family commitments, exercise, hobbies. Uh, We've got all the housework and the chores to do and maintain all that, Um, do our community work to be good citizens, all those sorts of things. And then somewhere in all of that, we have to try and squeeze in this time with God, right? To love Him and to be with Him, to maybe read our Bibles or talk with Him and do our religious duty. But our being with God becomes another thing to do rather than it being the most important thing, which is what God's asking us for it to be. Right throughout Scripture, God says to us, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. And, uh, you know, there's there's always a reason why God gives us his commandments. It's a command. It's the first and greatest commandment. And there's a reason why he gives us these commandments. So before we get into the practical elements around, around how, what it looks like in terms of um, how we very practically outwork the idea of being with God, I just want to look at, um, at some of the reasons why God asks us and commands us to do that. Um, I guess you could call these benefits, and there's a whole lot of reasons why, but these are just a few priorities that, that sprung to mind for me. Um Number one, when we've been in the presence of God, we actually shine, we actually glow as a result of being in his presence, okay? I want us to read from Exodus chapter 34. It's a very beautiful scripture. So when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone and they were afraid to come near him. Then Moses called to them and Aaron and all the rulers of the congregation returned to him and Moses talked with them. Afterward, all the children of Israel came near, and he gave them as commandments all that the Lord had spoken with them on Mount Sinai. And when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. But whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would take the veil off until he came out. And then he'd come out and speak to the children of Israel, whatever he had been commanded. And whenever the children of Israel saw the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face shone, then Moses would put the veil on his face again until he went in to speak with him, went in to speak with God. So a couple of things from this script that I want to pick up on. Number one is, first of all, is that when Moses was in the presence of God, when he went in to be with God, he went in unveiled. And what that communicates to us today is that when we are before God, when we are with Him, we too can go in before Him unveiled. Moses went in to represent the people of Israel, but today you and I have direct access into the presence of God because of the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross for us. And God invites us to come in unveiled. It means that we can become in totally unashamed. There is nothing that we have to hide from God. Every part of us we can present to Him, every um the, the, the dark, the dark part of us. And there's all there's always things that at different seasons of our lives that we can be embarrassed about or ashamed of, or things that we've done. That we think, oh, God doesn't want to see that. Do you know that's the Bible tells us that our sin is as far from the east as from to the west because Jesus came and forgave us of our sins. So, you know, and God sees all and knows all anyway. So it's there's a sense of freedom that takes place when we come and we just unveil, just like God, here I am. This is me. This is me. And in this space, I'm angry today, and this is why I'm angry. In this face God I just want to love you I love you so much or on another day oh God I'm just so I'm you know I'm disappointed I don't understand why this is happening as God is this relational God that we can come in completely being who we are completely who we are there's a freedom and a sense of that when we come in unveiled in the presence of God and I really believe that Today, I felt very strongly to hone in on this point that there are some people here today that you come in and you think, I can't be around God, or I don't know if I can be completely honest. Do you know it's an expression of love when we come and we're completely honest and we bring our true selves to Him? It's an acknowledgement that we trust Him completely because He is completely trustworthy. So come in, and we can come and unveiled to God. But the other, the key part there is, don't you love it that it says that Moses' face shone; he glowed when he was in the presence of God. There was something about it because when we come unveil, when we come into him unveiled, it means we let go of everything, and there's a sense of joy and freedom as a result. And so when he came out, his face was shining. Now, obviously, that's not that's that's not necessarily a a uh, like something that we actually see physically that happens this today. But I believe that as Christians, there should be something about us. There's a spark about us because there's a freedom and we're forgiven and there's a joy in us because we have, the, we have a relationship with the living God. So people should be able to look at us and go, there is something different about that woman or there's something different about that guy. And there's, there's, there's this shining element to us. So I um, encourage you, get into the presence of God. For Psalm 34 verse 5, gaze upon Him, join your life with Him, and joy will come, and your faces will glisten with glory. You'll never wear that shame face again. How cool is that, right? Our faces will glisten with glory. So I I pray and hope that every single one of us, as we spend time with Him, that we will all be glistening with His glory. You can, uh, uh, who has, um, I have a 21-year-old daughter, and she has this, all this highlighting stuff, right? And all these sparkly eyeshadows. So for girls, we can actually do it physically. (laughs) But anyway, no, that's, okay. That didn't really work, eh? (laughs) Okay, so um, we we can shine and we can glow. But number two is that we are actually stronger, We are stronger when we spend time in the presence of God. There is a spiritual strength that is established about us and grows in us when we spend time with Him. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 30 to 31, a very well-known piece of Scripture, says this, For those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run, and they shall not be weary. They shall walk, and they shall not faint." And I am convinced that there is a supernatural strength and capacity that comes about us when we are in his presence. Jesus modeled this so well. Right throughout the New Testament, there are stories of him where he would um, minister to the the thousands and to the crowds, and then he'd draw himself away to be with God, to be with his Father. And then he would come out revived and refreshed as a result of being in the presence of God. There uh, There is a strength that comes when we're in his presence. So there's, we shine and we glow and we're stronger as a result. And third, we're also blessed. We are blessed when we spend time with God. Hebrews 11, Now without faith it is impossible to please God, for whoever comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who diligently seek Him. See that? He Actually, He rewards those. Are you diligently seeking Him today? Are you diligently seeking Him today? Because as you do, He will reward you. Matthew six verse thirty three: Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. The scripture was actually referring to material provision. If you look at the scriptures beforehand, it talks about don't worry about what you what you clothe, what cl- you clothe yourself with or what you eat because God will provide. Just seek Him first, and He will. All those things will be added. When we seek Him and, spe- and seek to spend time with Him and know Him, there is a blessing that comes as a result. God's favour is on you. His goodness and his glory, his strength will follow if you seek him and love him with your whole heart. The key as well to this church though is that obviously I've listed some of these things that could be seen as benefits. However, God doesn't want us to be with him just for the benefits. Those are a byproduct of us being in the presence of God. But first and foremost... First and foremost, God longs to have a people whose hearts are captivated by Him. And we long to be in His presence just because He is. He is the great I Am. Just because He is good. He longs for us to be with Him because we love Him and we want to express our love to Him. Because He's kind and He's gracious and He's given us salvation. He's slow to anger and He is merciful. He first loved us. And so we can love Him back. It's not because of what we can get from him, but it's, it's, it, we, he wants a people who's captivated by him, by his goodness. He's gracious. He's filled with joy. He's a personification of peace. It's like, man, when we run to him, when we run into his presence, we receive all of that. But just to be able to express that to him, that is the first and foremost why we want to be with him. So church, can I encourage you, love God by being with him. And because he's God. Just because he's God and because he's good. All right, so what does, God, what does being with God look like really practically? Just a few things that I would want to talk about in that space. Number one is that be with God daily. Be with God daily. I hope it goes without saying that when we spend time with God, we, it means we talk with him just like any normal relationship because that's what he loves is to be able to be with us and talk. So it's, we pray we talk with him. We read our, our Bible and uh, maybe we worship. And, um, but the key with this is that it's not just done. We don't just do that once in a blue moon. We don't do it just when we come to church on a Sunday. But we actually do it on a daily basis. I don't, and, it, the, the, and it's really important. This doesn't become just a religious act. It's not a tick the box thing that we just have to do our religious duty. But my prayer is that for every single one of us that it would become something, we'd all get to the point where we still want to start our day with, with him because, uh, because there is some, there's a blessing that comes out of it. And we love him and we want to hear from him. And so it actually becomes a, a natural response to want to be with him. The Israelites spent 40 years in the desert. They wandered to and fro, and God provided miraculously for them. While he did that, he he would rain down bread, or what they called manna, in that day. And every single morning, the Israelites would go out and would collect the bread, and they survived on this bread for these years. But one of the interesting things is is that if they kept the bread for the following day, that that the bread of that day would have actually gone off. It actually went moldy. So God said, you cannot keep the bread for the following day. You have to come out. You have to come back to me every single morning to receive your provision. Have a look at this in Deuteronomy 8.3. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. God has a word for you every single morning, every single day. He is willing and wants to speak to you if you're willing and if you want to go and be with him. And this isn't reserved for the most holy of us. It's a privilege that every single one of us gets to experience if we want to on, a, on, a, on any given day. You might be a young mum. You might be a student. I don't know where you're at in life, what vocation. It doesn't matter. God's waiting to be with you. And if you're not already doing it, can I encourage you to start? It might just be 10 minutes. It might be 10 minutes, but you get a Bible app, get a, whatever structure you need, but to make it so that it becomes something we like. I'm there every morning. Set your alarm up so that it's on the other side of the room so you have to get out of bed to turn the alarm off. That's my trick. And I'm up and I'm like, right, God, I'm here to spend time with you. I'm currently doing, I'm reading through the Bible app, through the Bible in a year. It's brilliant. It's brought some fresh structure to my time with God. So many resources and tools out there for you to be able to support you in your in your relationship and time with God. But do it daily. It really, it really makes a difference. Now, second, outside of what I would define as daily type habits, there is something incredibly powerful when we put blocks aside at times blocks of time aside to be with God, to be with Him. And our souls really need it. And it gives us opportunity to really express our love for God. So I'm pulling out a word here that may be unfamiliar to some of you. Um, some of you may like, oh gosh, you know, that's that's quite tough. Um, but honestly, establishing this principle over the years in my life has made a massive, massive difference in my spiritual walk. And that is the principle of the Sabbath. So I'm, it probably is foreign to you, some of you, but it's a word that I think that we need to bring back in vogue. I don't hear it a lot and I, it's something that has, is transformative. If it's not something that you already have established in your life, I encourage you to consider, um, consider what it means and how you could apply it. The word Sabbath actually comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat, which means to stop. So it means to literally stop working, means to stop wanting, because who knows that this, this society we live in is always just like we want more and more and more, and it's like, no, actually, it's really nice to come back and just say, stop, just stop wanting, and just stop worrying, the three Ws, stop working, stop wanting, and stop worrying, and instead that we just be with God and family and friends. Uh, The Sabbath principle was established right from the beginning of time. So God, in uh, the beginning in Genesis, he created the world in six days and on the seventh day he rested. And it's one of our 10 commandments. I've been reading through the book of Exodus and Numbers over the last few months. And in there, God actually uh, instructed for people to be killed because they didn't observe the Sabbath. That's how uh, strongly opinionate or strongly how much he regarded the Sabbath. Now, obviously Jesus came and he redefined and reestablished the purpose of the Sabbath. So it looks somewhat different today. Uh, in Mark 2.27, the Pharisees were criticizing Jesus, the religious people of that day. And they were criticizing him because they said, Jesus, why do you let your disciples go and eat and, and grab corn from the, or grain from the cornfield on the Sabbath? That represents work and they shouldn't be working. It goes against the religious or, um Instructions. And this is what Jesus said to them from Mark chapter 2, verse 27. He says, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Very profound words. The Sabbath was made for man. It was actually designed as a gift for us to give us room in our lives to slow down and to breathe and to be. It's a very beautiful gift. And the principle is to remove the hurry, to restore, to cultivate a real sense of restfulness. And when we cultivate that sense of restfulness, it gives us opportunity, just moments that really matter most to God. It quietens our soul and our spirit, and then it prepares us for the other six days of the week. So what does this look like for me? Uh, The Sabbath is a day, and some people kind of often, I think, will go, oh, well, it's just kind of more of a mindset. I actually think it's a day that we put aside, it's time that we put aside and uh, practice weekly. My Sabbath for me is on a Saturday, because obviously Sunday is a work day for us. So that means by Friday night, I have all my housework, I have all my work, I have um, emails done, I have uh, shopping errands, everything I get done by Friday night, which means that Saturday then, I basically turn off the electronics, the phone goes off, other than just for phone calls, and um, keep it really simple, simple. I avoid shopping malls, because those absolutely exhaust me. (laughs) Um, I spend a good chunk of the time with God. You know, Sabbath, for a lot of you, your Sabbath is today. So, and that's a lot of big part of the Sabbath is, is it's time to worship God. So you're here in church worshiping God, which is awesome. And some of it's your expression of worship is to come and serve, but you're here worshiping Him. Um, I'll spend time in my word praying, um, and then I spend time with friends and family. I exercise, I read, I, I, I just do things that restore my soul and just to be with God. and I, I do those things that restore my soul and my spirit and my body. And I so look forward to my Saturdays. I love them. I love the fact that I can go hard all for six days of the week, and I know that Saturday is coming, and I get to just just stop and to be. And uh, the thing is that with the Sabbath, though, is that there is actually a real discipline to make it happen because everything in this world is working against us, right? I know for a lot of you you're sitting there going, this is that would be almost impossible in my in my <laughs> lifestyle. But there's a discipline to actually being able to create it into your world. And there's also, I guess, a, an intentionality. You have to be very prepared and organized to get everything else done in those six in those six days. But there is a joy that comes when you're able to relax and rest and restore. And uh, I actually think our Polynesian cultures—you guys model it so well. Um, you know, often I see, and it's church, and then it's Sunday lunch. To onai—is that how I say it? What is that? Was that right? <laughs> You're all smiling politely at me. <laughs> okay, maybe not. Anyway, it's cool. <laughs> you guys do lunch. You know, like Sundays, and then lunch, and it's awesome. I mean, I can encourage you. I know different seasons, it, it'll look different for, for you. But it doesn't matter. Like, it can still, I, I encourage you to consider how you can build it in. So at university, I, I implemented this principle when I was at uni. I was in my, my second year of university, and I kind of got this revelation. So I decided that I was not going to study on Sundays at all, which was quite um, a big thing for my family. And, um, but I tell you what, my grades actually improved, (laughs) which is a miracle. Um, But, you know, like, I I guess I had to get really organized, and my grades actually improved in my later years of university. Um, As a young mum, you know, I know for young families, you're like, oh, how on earth when you've got kids running around 24-7, right? But we we would make sure like Saturdays for us, because it was the Sabbath then, we'd just, you know, not do all the housework, but just have that day to hang out with the kids. And then once the kids were in bed, then I'd get, I'd get and spend time with God and, and worship at that stage. So, you know, um, make, a, make it make a daily, make a Sabbath. And then last, but certainly not least, be be with others who love God. You know, this, this Christian journey that we're on of being with God, it's a journey, right? And we never actually arrive. We'll forever be learning things and growing and, and, um, and learning from each other. And so there will be others in your world who are further down the track of the journey, although I might have experienced a different part of the journey. So can I encourage you to find those people? Who is in your world who you're like, I love the way that that person seems to just love God or that person seems to glow, right? There's something about that person. And, and why don't you get with them and go, well, how, tell me about how you pray. Tell me about how you read the Bible and, and pick their brains or spend time with them. I had a friend years ago when I was younger, she got radically saved Radix came from a really tough background and she fell in love with Jesus because Jesus restored her and she just loved him and she was one of those girls that just glowed and she'd walk around just actually going praise the Lord I just love Jesus all the time and she's a little bit crazy but it was this crazy passion for God so I would I wanted to pray with her and I'd get with her and I and I learned how to how, I, I loved listening to her and the intimacy that she had with God and I learned things from her as well we prayed, and then we went on mission trips together, and I'd see her ministering to people. I'd learn from her. And even today, she lives in Perth now, but every so often we get on the phone, and we talk, and we encourage each other, and we pray together still, and there's people in your world that you get, you've got to get with, that you can see they love God, and, and you can learn from them. And then also, there'll be others who you can teach as well, to be able to pass on all of that you learn. So church, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and mind. It starts with being with God. If we're going to love Him, it means we're going to be stronger, we'll be blessed, we'll, be, um, we'll, be, we'll glow as a result. And um, we really do, you know, we've got to make it daily. I encourage you to figure out how you can add this Sabbath and find those people around you that can encourage you in that walk. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you were encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at LIFE. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at any of our Auckland campuses. If you're not in Auckland, then check us out, church online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifenz.org or download the LIFE app to stay connected and find out more.